This is your host, David Barker. And this is your co-host, Luke Murphy. You are listening to another episode of the BTY Radio. A podcast aimed to help you become better than you were yesterday. All right, welcome back, BTY Radio. We're here for episode seven. I'm joined by Luke, as always. Welcome, Luke. G'day, guys. How are we? This was a this was another cracker episode, David. Episode seven. Things are things are flying by. Yeah, uh, I'm really enjoying the process, and we're we're punching out some good shows, getting some really good feedback, especially uh, Corey's hundred plus uh, listens in uh, the first twenty four hours, which was huge. Yeah, that was uh, our most. Yeah, that was that was our record actually. Yeah, most popular show to date. Uh, in this episode, we're joined by uh, one of our very own uh, members, now turned coaches, Matt Bosnich, and he was pretty keen to share his story about, uh, I guess, his transformation from being uh, a DJ uh, running big shows uh, within the city, uh, and how. Uh, CrossFit transformed his life. Yeah, um, it was a bit of an interesting one. We didn't really know what to expect, and I guess that's kind of what we spoke about in the podcast as well. Like, you've got so many people down here, and you think you build some, like, well, you do build some good friendships, but maybe you don't know absolutely everything about them or about their past. And it was the same with Beck, uh, Beck's podcast, where people might not have known that she's kind of taking those risks in the business world. And it was similar to. It was yeah, it was similar to Matt's where people might not have known kind of his background, and he even mentioned that um, when he brought down the decks in the Christmas party, and people are going up to him, going, you know, where where this come from? And he's kind of like, well, you know, I had another life, and that's exactly what we what we dive into. Um, but yeah, it's another another great listen, and I didn't know I didn't know how long this one was going to go for, but I think we went almost up to the hour, so. That's yeah, it. probably one of our longest shows yet, and he had a, a lot to share and a, a really strong, positive message he wanted to portray uh, with listeners that, you know, you, you can turn your life around. And uh, he wasn't just, you know, DJing on the local scenes. He was in some of the, the biggest clubs uh, in the cross and in the city uh, in, a, in a time where, um, you know, clubbing drugs uh, you name it was, was pretty big and um yeah some pretty scary stories in there where mm-hmm. where things uh turned south um but it was really cool to to you know hear how he used uh i guess training and, and health and fitness uh as a as a mode of transport to to get himself back on the straight and narrow yeah 100 percent. and i think we talk about it a lot and it's using that health and fitness as a as a vehicle to kind of change other aspects of his life, and then if you look at him now, you, you'd say he's pretty successful in his endeavors. Project manager, he's got a newly uh, newly married, and I'm sure there's uh, well, you have to wait and see, but I'm sure there's some some family along the way. Yeah, most certainly, and um, you know now he's heavily in in the CrossFit scene and and wants to give it a, a red hot crack uh, this year, which he sort of dives into his why behind that. Um, but I think, you know, again, anyone, uh, that sort of grew up in the Sutherland Shire, uh, anyone around that sort of 30 to 35, uh, age group can relate to a lot of, of what he speaks about here. And, uh, yeah, without further ado, we might dive into it. So here you go. Enjoy. <laughs> we'll get it right one day. Welcome, Matthew. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good, mate. How was that workout this morning? Oh, it was definitely up there, considering I haven't done a whole lot in the last 
couple of weeks. But yeah, <laughs> twelve yes. days of Christmas, always a good one. I was working off those bread rolls uh, before I ate them on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> Burning some extra calories. I got my Christmas party tonight for work, so I've definitely earned it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, it was a different style this year, though, partner. Yeah. Bit yep. easier. Yeah, kind of yes, kind of no, because like you. You have a partner, so you get rest, but then as soon as the partner's done, you just go full yeah. ham. You're straight like back into it again. There, yeah. there was no, like, just pace yourself, it's go. Yeah. And, and just don't stop until you get to rest again. Yeah. And sometimes I think letting that heart rate drop and, and settle. Could be worse. It can be worse. Yeah. Especially when you're just straight into, like, yeah, yeah. toast devices. or something. 100%. Like, <laughs> you, you think, you think, like, if you keep your heart rate at a certain level, you can just pace your way through it. But as soon as you stop, you're like, oh, I've got to get, get into this again. Mm. Yeah. Nuts. Good morning. We're in the Christmas spirit anyway. Uh, Luke and I are stoked that you wanted to come on the podcast today. So thank you. Um, we'll let you dive a little bit more into who you are, mate. Yeah. So name is Matt Bosley or Matt Bosnich, as people on Facebook or Instagram might know. Um, I will go into why I have that name change. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know. A, a little bit, a bit later. later. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Later on. Um, to be honest, uh, when I said I wanted to do the podcast and I thought, you know, my story would be good to get out to everyone, mm-hmm. didn't really think about it. And then <laughs> as the weeks went on, I went, oh, I'm not sure about this. I'm a little bit nervous, yeah. to be honest. Because, um, you know, like if I come down here DBPT and I'm here six days a week and part of the coaching staff now and like people know me from here now, not what I used to do before I started here. Um, and I think at the Christmas party, I had a fair few members come up to me as I, as I DJ the Christmas party and went, where did this come from? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I had a whole nother life. <laughs> My life was very different five, six years ago, maybe, oh, probably about 10 years ago now. Yeah. Um, Sometimes so. it's for the better, mate. Like, um, I've avoided talking about my past a lot, mm. um, but I think it gives people context because I think, you know, anyone new to the gym sort of comes in and they go, oh, you know you've always been fit, you've always been lean, you've always been healthy, you haven't had to uh, overcome what I've been through, so, you know, yeah. you don't understand. And 100%, and, and that's, that's why I like, like this gym at DVPT, like, we've all come from a very different background, like, it's not like we grew up playing elite sport, or, like, it's, you know, I, I was an active kid, but that changed, Yeah, which you're about to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So you wanted to come on the podcast and, you know, hopefully help anyone that's sort of going through uh, their own struggles or... Yeah, so pretty much like when when I thought about this a lot, like the last couple of nights I've kind of been struggling with sleeping, just thinking about what I wanted to say because, you know, I don't show nerves that much, I reckon, and I'm super nervous about doing this. <laughs> um, you know? Yeah, I'm, I, I am, <laughs> I am shaking. Su- I'm surprised by that, like knowing you for a couple of years. Like you seem like a pretty confident kind of outgoing guy. You talk to people, you'll kind of jump in the deep end, you'll put yourself out there. So it is interesting to actually hear that you're a bit nervous yeah, about that. Yeah, and you know, it's something that I haven't spoken a lot about. Um, yeah. And you know, the, the goal with this podcast and the reason why I really want to do this is, you know, like if, if there's someone out there that's, or someone listens to this, even one person listens to this podcast, I don't really care if no one listens to it. But like, you know, everyone's trying to go through a change that comes into this gym and that's why they're here. They want to make a change in their life and like if if this story can help someone go look if he can do it i can do it yeah you know like if it's even if it's just a small change just trying to change an eating habit or 
just trying to not go out three nights a week, go out two nights a week or one night a week. Like, you know, if that's the, that's the goal in this and that's what I want to achieve. I just, like, now that I'm down here coaching a couple of nights a week, like, I love helping people now and that's what I want to do with this. Hopefully I, I help somebody make a change that listens to this. Yeah, look, and I think um, it's really uh, underrated, right? Like, a lot of the time the members in the gym sort of uh, look to us as coaches for answers and I'm like... Have a conversation with your friend over there. Your mm. friend over there has been in this gym for two plus years. They've gone through what you've been through. They've implemented strategies that help them meal prep or help them overcome fatigue and not wanting to get up in the morning. So getting this insight and getting this podcast out today, um, you know, I think it's going to open the doors to some better mm. conversations with you mm. and the clients on the floor. And, and the thing is, like, it's 2020 in two weeks time and you can't tell me like if you if I got a group of 200 people in a room I reckon and like between the ages of 20 and 40 and you cannot tell me 90% of the people have not had a background in partying or like you know had some sort of taking illegal substances or drinking heavily or like yeah. it's unfortunately this day and age it's, it's the culture the, it's, yeah. it's the culture and like yeah. we live in Australia and we have a heavy drinking culture mm. and it's and it, it is a little bit unfortunate but you know, like so many people, I reckon have definitely got some sort of will relate to this at some way, and that's my goal. I just want to make myself a bit more relatable to the people that are out on the floor, or new members that come in the gym, or anyone that listens to this podcast. Perfect, so, mate. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. So I think we'll just kind of we know kind of what we're in for now, and I think we're all on the on the edge of our seats. So we might just start from the beginning, and we might uh, kind of go down to your childhood kind of how that shaped um kind of what you were doing around your teenage years if if at all um and then we'll move pretty much literally linear li- <laughs> someone help me we'll out here <laughs> help me out here I'm Luke. looking around the room going <laughs> yeah, Luke's still a cook from this morning to work out <laughs> not enough oxygen for the brain <laughs> linearly mate I don't here. know that's what I'm looking for yeah. uh so we'll try and yeah we'll go through uh childhood and we'll kind of get into it what do you what do you reckon? So, childhood, give us a bit of a background. Yeah, so growing up, like, we had an, we were an active family. Dad always took us to the beach or go to the snow. Like, we were just always doing something, like, you know, go push bike riding or they always just encouraged us to be outside and be active. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dad played baseball all his life, so obviously we went down that path and, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up playing baseball and then played re- uh, representative baseball for a bit. Um, was never in the top team because as a kid I was tiny. Yeah. I was skinny little tiny kid like yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't start putting Me on Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was fat. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't I didn't really start getting any muscle until I was like 20 21 at least. Okay. And yeah, so like I was always a tiny kid. Didn't have any strength and so it was always one of those things and it was my, and growing up as a kid like my parents always pushed me like if you're going to do something do it to your full, do it to the best that you can do and that's why I've always kind of been like I am. Yeah. I think that was part of my problem <laughs> mm-hmm. when I got a bit older. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like I always tried to do everything I can to the best that I can. Like you know, always try to play representative baseball, surfed a lot. Yeah, you're, you're all in if you're. In. Yeah, if if I'm in, I'm all in. Like you know, I surfed a fair bit, but obviously I had a realization I didn't have the balls like some of the guys do. <laughs> <laughs> I've so, seen you on a couple of waves, man. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although now now that I'm thirty, I look at someone going, yeah. No, I'm good to watch today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got a career now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, 
so yeah, we'll always, you know, growing up, my parents gave me every every opportunity in the world to succeed and have a good life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like this is one of those things, like when I obviously turned 18 and I started going out and partying, like I threw all that away. I threw away an active lifestyle and it's one of those things like I've never actually, never said this, but I'm sorry to my parents. Yeah. Like I've never actually said I'm sorry and it affected our relationship 100%. Like me, I, I was being a party kid. You, you're selfish. You're looking after number one and number one only, and that's one of the things. Like it definitely, it, being an active kid, you know, I could have come into the gym at 18, and I think I would have done pretty well. But yeah. I had decided, you know, I'm going to chase this lifestyle, and and yeah, it, it definitely affected my relationship with mom and dad. And you know, if they do listen to this, I'm sorry. I yeah. didn't mean to do what I did. Pretty much, yeah. it was cause them heartache. Yeah, that's you know, true. we definitely went through some, some shit, yeah. and yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, very similar. Growing up, very similar opportunities. Grateful for everything, and and I know now looking back, um, my parents probably had sleepless nights. Yeah, hundred percent. Wondering whether I was okay. Yeah, you know, I remember. Um, remember coming home a couple of times, walking through the door and having blood all over me from yeah. being in fights and yeah. mum having to clean me up. Yeah, like some, some weekends I'd go out Friday night and I'd come home Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, wouldn't message, wouldn't talk to them, wouldn't like, oh, you know, they're just being... And you're still living at home at this point? I'm back at home now. Yeah. I'm oh, like well, back then, yeah. No, back then, yeah, we're still living yeah, at home. And what kind of age group are we thinking? Uh, probably through from like 18 through to about 20. Mm-hmm. Um which I'll kind of go into a bit pretty soon, sort yeah. of where it sort of started going down a little bit. Um, and then, but yeah, I was I was living at home from 18 to 22, I think, before I decided to move overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, came back, went back at home, moved out with a girlfriend, now I'm back there again, because this day and age, it's what you got to do to afford it. Welcome to the real world. So I want to fast track a little bit and then we're going to come back into your party life. But were you very similar to me? It sort of got to a point and I was like, man, like I, my parents gave me every opportunity and they showed me that if I worked hard, I could achieve anything I wanted. Yep. I, you know, was never uh, the most talented kid, but I could play any sport, pick yep. it up real quickly. And yep. I just felt like I wasted. Yeah. That's it. And, Everything. And like, you know, the looking back on it, you know, they're saying you need to save money. You need to, like, I had nothing to show for it. Yeah. I'd work, uh, I'd work a full-time job and then blow all my money in a weekend and yeah. I might have $2 left. Like yeah. it's, there's, I had nothing, like, yeah. trying to start now, trying to start build a life. Yeah. It's, it, it's tough, like, mm. and that's. Hindsight's a bitch. Yeah, that's it. And that's when you're it. in that moment, is it. Like, what are the, the main driving factors? Is it you having fun? Is it your environment, everyone else is doing it? Or, like, where does that... I don't know. Like, like I said, like, when I do something, I'm, I'm all in or I'm none. Yeah. And that's sort of how that went as well. Like... But do you remember? Like, like I look at Luke Luke and, like, his um, age, age group. Um, there's, you know, what there would probably be, like, quite a few of you that were active in the gym at 17, 18 or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. My when I was like no one two thousand no one went to the yeah, gym man. no one like there I'm no one like I'm talking like two thousand six and yeah. this is before Instagram Facebook mm. had just started to become a thing MySpace was a bit of a thing yeah but no and one was hitting the gym no and I mm. and I I put that down to the culture now like because of Instagram everyone wants to put photos up everyone wants to look good yeah. Yeah. you know like and the culture's changed like back then it was 
you go to you used to you know leave home at ten thirty at night well I used to leave home at ten thirty at night and then go out until seven a.m. in the morning because you didn't need to be anywhere nice you were in a dirty stinky club you'd come home sweaty and gross and that was how it was but now it's like you've got to get the photo you got to get you know you got to be at the island at at three o'clock in the afternoon, get sunset photo. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I got to have my tan and. I go know. to Ivy Club. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was never allowed in Ivy Club. Yeah, yeah. I, I, used to, I used to go to Ivy Club when all the clubs were closed and they would open on a Sunday. <laughs> we had nowhere else to go. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like the the culture was different back then, and and it's one of those things like it's there wasn't phones that took photos and. Yeah. I don't and think stuff. there was an option. No. You know, had, had there been an option, or. Oh, Matt and Luke are going to the gym and they're training this afternoon, then they're going to go grab a feed. You might have leant towards it, but it yeah. was Friday afternoon. Where are you going to get drunk? Like, yep. where, where are we kicking on? Yep. Whose place? Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. The, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I know there was, um, yeah, there was there was no option. And there wasn't many gyms back no. then, to be no, honest. There, was, there wasn't there was, any time on your class. fitness or, first, and that was really about Really it. expensive. Yeah. Um, or it was either private gyms and... And that yeah. was super, yeah, I think as expensive. I probably started getting to those later teams, that's when it kind of probably kicked off. Yeah, yeah. I would say. And yeah, we had like, like the PCYC or, yeah. or the f- yeah. yeah. And I definitely put that down to like social media these days. Yeah, like mm. people want to look good in their photos. Like it's a blessing and it's also a curse. Well, yeah, yeah, I think there's more more uh, we're it, more aware of uh, health and, and yeah. the mm. impact of. Um, Drinking and eating. It's also interesting that we are more aware, but everything's still is continuing <laughs> to decline. Yeah, yeah, Obesity yeah. rates are increasing. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's more gyms than ever. Anyway, that's it. That's it. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll come back. We'll, I'll come back and we'll talk about this again. <laughs> Sorry, that was my sidetrack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maddie, party life. Let's go. Yeah, so obviously, um, I'm going to put a little disclaimer here. The people that may be in these stories, I don't hang out with anymore. I don't know what happened to them. I'm not sure if they're still alive. I'm not sure if they're there. So the ones that I hang out with now, so don't go on my Instagram and try and find them. They, they, they don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened to them. Um, but yeah, so like obviously getting into dance music. So I think I was 17 and in year 12 up here at St. Pat's College in the Shire. Um, got shown music from a French label called Ed Record, which were pretty influential at the time. And I thought, this is, how good is this? This is... You know, I really, it's just caught with me. And yeah. it was one of those things I was like, you know, I want, I want to get involved in this somehow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, turned 18 and started going out, um, started meeting people and stuff. And then I ended up working for, as a promo, one of the promo guys for one of the clubs in Sydney. Um, and that was from about 2007-ish onwards. That's what everyone wanted to be back in the be day. Be a promo right? guy. Yeah, they wanted yeah. a promo guy. They it, wanted was, the, it was be a promo guy or... Be one of the monkey photographers yeah. that walked around with the mm. old Sony disposable ca- digital yeah. camera. These days, yeah. it's fucking cringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, you wanted to know that person, right? Yeah. Because you wanted to get in yeah. when you were completely yeah. chopped. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's yeah. And, that, and that was one of the things. Like you know, the you get into that that sort of lifestyle and work, and then it all goes downhill because you, you you're expected to be out. You know? And you like, start hanging out. Yeah, you start the hanging out with people. Changes. But yeah. and then one of those things, like you know, with, with working with those clubs. With you know, being a promo guy, I obviously started to get to know some of the DJs I was bringing out, and mm-hmm. I looked at that and thought, you know, that's that's cool. Like, oh, this is cool. Like, what they're doing, I need. You know, I want to learn how to DJ. You know, yeah. This is this is one of those things. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And was um, it about like controlling the room? Or yeah, it was, was just like you know, like... Ev- everyone just looks up to this guy and he's controlling the night. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then 
so then I decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. So I obviously saved up my money and bought some DJ gear and yeah. started getting into that. Um, DJed for about two years with my DJ partner, Jono, um, who he had his head screwed on. Yeah. He's like the guys that I DJ with, and they had their head screwed on, and I was, yeah. Um, and obviously, because they didn't really get into it until later on, so I started, so we started DJing together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did that for a couple of years, and then we thought, you know what, we're sick of DJing for other people. So, man, there's four of us got together and uh, started a night called Dance Club Sydney, um, where we decide, where we take over a whole club for the night, um, book the artists, do the advertising, put all the money up, and we take money off the door, and that was how mm-hmm. we got paid. Okay. Um, ran that for a few years. And, you know, like the DJing thing went, went pretty well. Like, you know, we played at so many clubs through the city, like, you know, Oxford Art, Chinese Laundry, Moulin Rouge, CV7. Like, if you if it was a club in the city, we'd played it. We even played at Karma's and Northies. They were the big names back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, so, yeah, like, and did that for a while before I went overseas. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my background in running clubs and DJing. Um, but, to be honest, like, it was the early on days when... I was probably partying the hardest. Um, you know, some of the some of the guys that I used to hang out with went down the rabbit hole pretty pretty far. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, like there was a guy, there was a gay guy that we used to that we knew, and within about th- a three month period, he OD twice and got announced clinically dead, and yeah. they had had to jumpstart his heart yeah. twice, and we saw that. And you know, one of the other guys I used to know first first pill he took he had battery acid in it and he OD'd and then literally like a year later I read Daft Punk and I saw him run past me Yeah. and I was like what are you doing man he's like I'm ODing again I've got to go to hospital and he ran himself to hospital yeah wow <laughs> like and <laughs> and like and like some of these guys like I always said to myself like that's fine I've got an apprenticeship it's fine like as long as i got to work on Monday I don't have a problem like this is cool yeah you know but it affected my work like I was asleep every moment I could get and you know I was would have been useless as an apprentice mm. but the guys that the guys that didn't the guys and girls that didn't they just decided to party like you saw it affect them like they're scattered now mm. you, like if I bump into them and I see them like there's, yeah, space, there's nothing there's nothing and I'm not sure if half of them some of them are dead now or mm. you know how far they took it like I got his heart jump started mm-hmm. in three it's months insane, twice yeah. Yeah. you know and it's it's one of those things like people don't realise like you roll the dice every time mm. every time you decide to take something or you know you decide to drink heavy it, you know you f- when you start drinking you feel like you're invincible and that's the thing like there's no stopping you mm-hmm. like I felt invincible I've, I used to have a, a switch that was either off or on mm-hmm. when it's on it's you're on for a couple of days yeah and it's it's scary like you don't know what's going into your body you don't know what you're doing you're not making smart decisions and then the more you do it, the, the less effect it has. You do more and you do more and you do more and you do more and you get on the rabbit hole, mm. you know? Like it's... Yeah. I, I think over, over my years, there's, there's a couple of things I realised that people want and it's they, they want to feel a part of something and they want to feel loved. 100%. And that sort of environment gives you both, especially if you're a DJ, a promo guy, working yep. the door, anything like that. You're the go-to person. Yeah, and... Um, and, and it's very easy, the psychology of it, to get trapped in that situation. Yeah. Um, and think, like, you know, you're the B, that's the B end. And, um, yeah. yeah. And, and like I always said to myself, like, do I have a problem? Like, no, no, I'm fine. Like, I gotta work. It's fine. Like, you know, I still work. Mm. But 
<laughs> I was kidding myself. Yeah. Hundred percent kidding myself. Like you know, you 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 burn the candles at both ends. Yeah. And but I but me keeping the job and not giving it up and deciding to chase that that avenue of just like I oh, know I'll get money from partying and stuff like it's fine. Yeah. I think that's what kept me sane, and that's why. I've still got a brain in my head. <laughs> you know, there's there's a reason for me to stop and that's because I have to go to work on Monday. Yeah, you know, and that, you, that was a big part of it. And I think that was a big part of it as mm-hmm. to why I came out the other end okay is because I, ha- I had responsibilities yeah. and, I, and, I, and I held those responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't, mum and dad would have killed me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was about to say that. A big reason why a lot of us, myself included, held it together was because of our parents. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look back on all my friends... Um, whether it be from partying or high school and getting in trouble, I had parents with their head screwed on that loved and care- cared about me. Some of the people you're probably talking about in that in these stories didn't. No, no, right. like they, they they came from broken families and yeah, like that was their avenue to escape was yeah. to go out and party. Yeah. Where, like I always said to myself, no, I just do it for fun. Like I just drink and you know I just get hammered for fun. But as soon as you're escaping reality, that's when you got a. I was like, that's when you got a problem. Yeah, but. No, nah. if yeah. if if you need to get to that extreme to have fun, like it's there's something deeper. Yeah, going on. yeah. But like at the end of the day, like I'm not gonna sit here and preach and say I'm an angel. Like yeah, I still have my big nights. Everyone yeah. does. Yeah, you know, like it's just. But I try and pick and choose them now. Well, look, I think um, you know one of the biggest factors I look for, and a lot of time I, I I cop a bit of slack for the tough love and and all the rest of it, but. You know, I am, I'm not judgmental, but if you are, if you're not happy with your career, you're not happy with your, your relationships, you're not happy with your health and your fitness, and you're still going down that rabbit hole and you're using that as a, a reason or, mm. or, or a way of escaping that, then you have a problem, mm. right? But if you're pursuing something in the other aspects of your life, you've got healthy relationships, you're working hard to achieve a goal and it's just an every now and then thing and yeah. it's something that you enjoy, well, it's, it's, it's not an issue. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so and, this, and this is where the story gets funny, right? Like, at, once we started DJing more and more, that's when my partying actually slowed down because we started getting paid quite well and it's one of those things like, I'm getting paid to do a job here and this is work now. Yeah. And... Like, people, people have this persona like, oh, DJs are in the clubs all the time, it's great, you know? That's not. <laughs> you know, I'm expected to be at a club between two and four in the morning and, you know, you're expected to do a good, good, good job and if you bugger it, you're not getting a gig next week. Yeah. And if you're off your face, you're not going to get a gig. Yeah. You don't and get the numbers. Yeah, that's it. No one wants that's to it. come if, back. And if you're, if you're stuffing up your set, like, you, your reputation's everything. Yeah. And, like, when we were DJing a lot, it got to the point where, like, We'd go to sleep, set an alarm for 1 a.m. in the morning, mm. wake up, drive to the city. And that's how I became such good mates with the guys that I used to DJ with now. You know, like they had their head screwed on and they saw that we could go somewhere with this. And there was a point when I had like a full realisation. I was um, we're out one night and we had a DJ and I had, had some stuff on me and I got caught. And, you know, they took me in and I was sitting in the cop shop and I was like, I've let these guys down. Like, we've we've got a chance here to actually do quite well or have have a crack at this yeah and here i am sitting in handcuffs yeah what what am i doing in my life you know and and then i'll be honest like you're sitting in court with mum and dad that was shit yeah you know i'd failed them 
mm. I'd 100% failed my parents. Yeah. And you know, like, I need to do something with, like, I need, I, I've got a chance to chase this here and I've, I've buggered it. Well, not only is it embarrassing for them, but they're also then sitting there going, where did I go wrong as mm. a parent? Yeah. I feel like I've given this, my, my child every opportunity. I've, I've been there for them, supported them, given love, everything. Um, how did they end up here? Yeah, and, that, and that's it. Like, my parents didn't fail me. I no. failed them. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not, it wasn't on them. Yeah. It was me. It was my selfishness. It was me just being an idiot, really. Yeah. And then, like, and I put them through. Like, we started DJing at one of the clubs that there was, there was rumors it was owned by, owned by the Banditos. And we're like, yeah, like, whatever. Like, you know, they're giving us gigs and we just started out. And I was like, look, giving us gigs. Like, we'll just, it's okay. Like, it's not going to be that bad. And then I remember we had an offer to go to another club and play and it was a much bigger opportunity, you know, playing main stage. And, you know, we got off, so we got offered to go to Oxford Art. And like, that was new club. It was a ginormous club. It's got the sicker sound system. Like, I loved playing there. And then I remember, um, and this, this is why my name has changed. Um, there was a handwritten letter that got put in my mum and dad's letterbox when I was living at home. And it had a drawing of me hanging from a noose with a knife in my neck. And it said, "If you, I can't remember what it said exactly, but it's like, if you ever step foot in this club again, we're going to break your legs and we're going to kill you. And like, I was 20. Yeah. My parents wow. had just gone to the letterbox to get their mail. And here is this hand-drawn picture and in red crayon with a letter. <laughs> some... <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, one, how do they know where I live? Who's done this? Yeah. Like, was it a joke from somebody or was it Something actually them? Or yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I still, to this day, I don't know. And I said to my mum, I remember my mum and dad sat down with me, like, what's going on? I was like, look, this is what's happening. We're playing at this club. Actually, I don't think the club's there anymore, so I'm going to tell you it's Candy's. Candy's apartment was owned by the Banditos. Yeah. And the, I think it was Banditos, and yeah, the standover man was like, one of the head bounces there and like if you got in trouble there they take it at the back and bash you off like it was yeah. full on stuff like it's a club that was owned by sketchy people and that's why we wanted to move to Oxford Art because it was legit set up yeah. you know it was owned by a really nice guy Gerber and it still is oh, it's still run by him he's amazing like you know you bump into him he just has a good chat and he's just he's in, in it for the music and not yeah. to make money and be sketchy yeah yeah and and that's and that was the reason I changed my name on social media. Like, it went from Bosley to Bosnich, which is what it is now. Yeah. I've never changed it back because now people are like, what's your actual name? And they, when I tell them, they get upset. Like, mm. I feel like I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who is Matt Bosnich? Yeah. Is he a new member? <laughs> I, remember, I remember, like, when, down, when we go to CrossFit comms and they're like, Matt Bosley. And everyone's like, was that <laughs> like that's me guys <laughs> like what's in the name and like so that's the story that's why wow, there you go that's why my name is different on social media and it's one of those things like i stuck with it now and it's kind of like here i was know. thinking maybe you're a cop or no no we're te- yeah yeah well, it's a so. good segue into my story and my actual name but we'll, we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> is that your name on adult videos <laughs> <laughs> So, so mo- moving forward, I know that um, I get asked a lot and when I have uh, <coughs> uh, chats with my mates, um, you know, they're always like, oh, you don't, you don't regret your past. Like, I, I had a good time. I, um, you know, I loved sp- uh, spending some of those moments with my friends for the music, events, big day out, all those kind of things. Um, but I do regret not getting started on, on what I'm really passionate about a, a lot e- earlier and maybe, mm. maybe missing some opportunities. Uh, mm. what, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, like, 
you know, that's, I sit there and think about it now. I'm like, do I regret things? And it's like, 100%. There's things that I do. There's things that I did that I 100% regret. And I wish I could turn it back and not do that. But at the same time, because of partying and DJing, that's how I met my wife. Mm. You know, she was friends with um, some of my friends. They used to come to my gigs. And, you know, some of my best mates I met through being out who are going to be lifelong friends, you know. And and it made, you know, my best friend who I DJed with, who he's, you know, he was a smart kid and we became best friends through running a business. Know? Yeah, through, you know, DJing and owning a business. And, you know, my mate Tristan who comes down here and trains now. Yeah, they're great he, was, he was the other guy that I ran the, the club night with and he's a smart guy. Like, you know, he's doing so well in business now and, you know, like, Though, surrounding myself with those guys helped me start to make the small changes um, and you know some other friends that I hang out with now like you know they're all everyone's got their head screwed on and you know I've, that was the thing um, but yeah I don't regret meeting the people that I've met and I don't regret meeting my wife and stuff but there's definitely some things like you know getting caught and hurting, hurting your family yeah getting good behaviour bond and all that sort of stuff and you know DIY charge and like it's yeah. stupid Completely yeah. stupid. Um, but yeah, the, re- the relationship with my family was probably the most part of it. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel like I've, you know, I had a moment when I got married this year. My dad walked up to me after, after the ceremony and he shook my hand and he goes, I'm really proud of you. I really am. And I was like, man, like, that's the first time that I've ever actually felt like I've redeemed myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After all the shit that I put him through. And, yeah. and they didn't need that. Like, I've, like, not many people know, but my brother is also disabled, he's deaf, and they went through so much shit with that. And yeah. then for me to be almost completely fuck up, yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't deserve it. Yeah. So, so you mentioned a couple of times and you just mentioned it there. Um, you started making some smaller changes. You've also mentioned that you went overseas. Was it like a bit of a process as you started DJing more, you started to party less and then that kind of went on and on and yeah, then so, went away? Or? Yeah. So like once we started running our club night, I started getting back into the party a little bit because like you, you have to be seen out. You know, I, I own a club brand and if I want people to come to my club brand, I need to get other people's. And so like I started partying a bit more, um, but it wasn't as much because obviously we had to save money to, to mm-hmm. put these nights on, yep. you know, the nights sometimes cost upwards of 10 to 15 grand. Yeah. And, you know, we were, I was fourth year apprentice at the time and, yep. you know, we we needed to put my, put money towards it. So, yep. but like I still went out, but not to the extreme that I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And then overseas. Yeah, so then I moved overseas and went to moved to Canada because growing up as a kid skiing, you know, people have their, their dreams. They want to see monuments and stuff, and I wasn't interested in that. I wanted to mm-hmm. go chase the snow. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I went overseas for two years. Well, I did. I wasn't overseas. I went Canada, Australia, Canada, Australia. I didn't see summer for two years straight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one year I skied something like 290 days in a year. Yeah, right. <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. But, you know, over there, DJ and stuff and... They did a little bit of DJing in Whistler and did a bunch of house parties in Jindabyne and um, but yeah the party lifestyle still happened over there a bit yeah. I was drinking way too much I worked at a brewery in Canada um, <laughs> and four, that's, that's dangerous <laughs> very dangerous <laughs> I, think it was, I think they were like four and a half percent pints at two dollars because I was staffed <laughs> and drinking in altitude at oh, your end of it mate I came back to I came back and living here I remember like when I was living at Jindabyne after being in Whistler like I drink a whole case of beer and then go you out. Conditioned. Yeah, I, I literally <laughs> drink a whole case of beer and then go out. Yeah. yeah I was like, man, what's, I need to stop this. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of why I came back and decided, you know, I need to start sorting my life out. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, and just like, like came back and you know started working laying laying timber floors again. That's what I did my apprenticeship in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, they kind of didn't have enough work for me, so I decided I didn't start looking for a job. Yeah. <laughs> and start sorting. sorting and how old stuff out. how old were you when you got back from Canada and you started uh, like these changes? What am I? I'm thirty now. Been at this company for six years now, so yeah, about 2024. Yeah. And so, um, when I was overseas, I had a pretty nasty crash on the skis. Uh, ended up, I thought I just bruised the collarbone. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out I actually broke my shoulder and tore all the ligaments off it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is getting then I had to obviously get an operation. <laughs> yeah. And then, because yeah, it was, it was getting to the point, my shoulder just dislocated. Like, I, yeah, right. <laughs> when so you, you didn't. Go, you didn't Get it checked. Yeah, Didn't get it checked because I just got told I just had a bruised shoulder, bruised okay. collarbone. And yeah. said, oh, I've been yeah, in a sling yeah. for two weeks and you're fine. Yeah. Had a couple more crashes. You know, mm-hmm. just like I said, you know, I put everything into it. So yeah. started to learn to ride park and I was like, you know, starting to do, trying to do backflips and rodeo flips. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Crashing is one of those things when you're trying to learn to yeah. ski park and be a good skier, you're, you're going to crash. Yeah. And yeah, I remember I landed, went to do a rodeo flip, which is like, you go off the jump and you do like a off axis backflip and you lean over one shoulder and you end up landing switch. And I over-rotated and I landed on my side, on my left side, and my helmet hit my shoulder and popped it out. Oh, and I put it back in. I'm not good at that stuff. Yeah, put yeah. it back in and kept skiing. But the first one was I hit a tree pretty heavily and cracked the back of my helmet open. Yeah. And that's what did the original one and then it got worse and worse. Yeah. And yeah, I remember I got to the point like went to play a shot in pool. My shot will dislocate out. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, have, I got real good at putting it back in. Like, I have to just wiggle thing. And yeah. After 40 beers. Yeah. Or I'd be asleep in bed and wake up at 3 in the morning. Party trick. I'd wake up at 3 in the morning and be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> my arm's out. <laughs> to try and put it back in at 3 a.m. on a Tuesday night. Um, so, yeah, and I ended up having to get an operation on that. And oh, I didn't have insurance. That cost a lot of money. And that was in Australia? Yeah, yeah in Australia when in I came Australia. back. Yeah, I didn't have insurance. That cost me a stupid amount of money. But, you know, mum and dad said, you've got one shoulder. Well, you've got it for the rest of your life. we got two. you got two. <laughs> that one. You've Good got, point. You've got one of that Good. one. I've got one left shoulder. I, I'd, I'd be it. very upset if Luke didn't know that. <laughs> look, look I'm, a, I'm a trainee here. I still don't know my bones and body. Um, and that's what made you reach out to us, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so many people just do rehab and when the physio says they're done with them, that's it. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, you know, I want to... I'm 20, 24, 25 at the time. I was like, you know what? I need to actually make sure this is going to be good for the rest of my life. Well, you wanted to get back to surfing and... Yeah, I want to get back yeah. to my normal life. Yeah. And, you know, you, my dad's got a lot of injuries and you see him, you know, oh, my knees, all oh, this, all that. And yeah. I, don't, you know, I don't want to be 30 and what I am now. Yeah. Um, 30 and, yeah, like struggling to pick up a sink off the shelf or something. So Bro, I'm, I'm 35. Yeah, I know. I am struggling to pick something <laughs> off the shelf. He is, yeah. he's fucking gone yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> well, the size of you, I thought you were an elf on the shelf. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you came in, there was nothing of you. You had a, <coughs> a big, long beard. You definitely fit the party DJ scene. Yeah, hipster. Um, hipster, I was super hipster. When I, I think I've still got the, the little pink one kilo dumbbells we used to rehab your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of started to fall in love with a bit of lifting once you built the strength back. Yeah. You love deadlifting. Yep. Yeah, I love deadlifting. I just love deadlifting. Like powerlifting was my thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember just being that skinny kid that walked in that door and... How talk. much did you weigh back then? How much do you weigh now? I weighed, I think I weighed like 78 kilos. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when we were doing a lot of heavy lifting, I got up to 96, but that was kind of two years into coming to the gym. I didn't really understand the eating thing. I didn't really understand, yeah, I was still drinking a fair bit and yeah. going out, you know, not going out out, but, yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah, still socialising. Still socialising yeah. quite heavily. Um, and what are you now? I'm now down to, what did I weigh? I was scanning the other day, I was 85 kilos now. Okay. Um, but oh, much leaner. Obviously. Yeah, 85 yeah. to 88, depending on what I do that week and yeah, yeah. how much I eat and yeah, yeah. what my what my eating plan looks yeah, like. And your cycle. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> don't be jealous of these, <laughs> these biceps. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> we don't like to uh, mention that yeah, he, he is pretty sculpted and has a six yeah. pack. He looks okay. We just want to make sure he can still walk out the door. <laughs> so your goals. Yeah, so coming here, like, you... You always drill into me. You need to have goals, Matt. Like, you can't just train. Like, I remember you saying, having a sit down and having a chat with me, like, a year and a half into this. You're like, Matt, you need to have a goal. Like, what are your goals? Like, you need to write them down and try and stick to them. So now every year, at, at when I go back to work for the year, I go on my computer, my work computer, and I sit down and write write down a goal. And I write down all my goals. There's work goals, life goals, fitness goals. And funny thing, at the bottom of each goal, each, each one for the last three years, I've written in capital letters in bold, stop the party <laughs> like just calm it down let's stop the party yeah don't let the party gremlin come out of you as much as it used to um you know try time to slow down and that's the thing like if, if i've had the realization now if you want to do something and you want to have a good life you need to you need to disappear kind of like not disappear but like you need to actually slow like, down like sacrifice something. sacrificing you, you have need, to sacrifice things like something last three years you know like i've i've set my goals every year and i feel like the last three years i've definitely achieved them in three years i've gotten engaged got bought a property in sydney that's hard <laughs> you know um you know got i got married and now i'm gearing up to to do a full reno of the place when yeah. i move in in march and to do that you you've got to sacrifice things yeah mm. and and then also like i was training my ass off i was coming in here five days a week and not seeing the results I wanted, you know, like I was, I was still sitting at like I was struggling to get below eighteen percent body fat, and I wanted to get right down yeah. because you were still going out on the weekend. Yeah, I was still drinking, and yeah. and that's the thing. Like when you drink, it's it's not just the having five six beers of an afternoon. It's the Uber eats, it's the Uber home, it's mm. feeling like, feeling like rubbish the next day, it's the Uber the Macca's yeah. the next day. It's and then it's, it's the Mondays, the Tuesdays, the Mondays yeah. and the Tuesdays, yeah. and that's the thing. Like you know, it's all well and good to go out and party, but it affects you longer than you think mm. and like the, you, the chemicals in your brain like it, it it affects you deeper into the week than you think mm. like you know to come in here on Monday after having a big weekend or going to work Monday like you feel you, it. you struggle you feel yeah. it and then I try and hit my numbers I need to hit to get my goals in fitness and you're missing them mm. like it, you can't you can't have well what I've realised now is you can't have big life goals and still party like yeah, you can to a certain extent, but like if you want to do stuff with your life, like you need to sacrifice things, mm-hmm. and you know to to and that's the thing. Like now that I'm married, my my wife is is everything to me, and I want to give her the life that she deserves. Yeah. And for me to do that, I need to stop partying. Yeah, and like I, you know, and it's not just like you know we're trying to we've tried to save for so many things this year, and if I go out, it's easy to spend two three hundred dollars easy mm-hmm. on a weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it goes like that, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Like, if if you ask me to buy a pair of new gym shoes, one hundred ninety dollars during the week, I'm like, oh, I can't really afford that. Yeah. But as soon as as soon as you start drinking, mm-hmm. all 
all yeah everything goes out the window yeah, yeah. It's just poof it's gone and you're throwing cash around you're buying people shouts and yeah. you know I'll oh, pay for the Uber home don't worry about it and yeah. and that's the thing like you know I wake up on Sunday and check my bank account and I feel like I've failed her yeah. I've got anxiety like I haven't put in the savings that we need to do to hit our goal of what we want to do in life yeah. you know and, and that's the thing like uh, well, we're tr- not just about you anymore no it's not and we're trying to build a life together and you know I now now that I've got her like I want to be her role model and, mm-hmm. and that's it like yeah. I've got to sacrifice things for her and for us to you know we're, we're gearing up to move into our place in March and I want to do a full reno and like for us to be able to afford to do this reno I've got to, I've got to hit my saving goal every week yeah. mm-hmm. you know it sucks you get paid and everything is poof mm. just disappears all your money and you know like you know well, I, I'm always up for getting extra shifts here because yeah. I, I need that cash yeah at some point <coughs> the partying stops yeah it uh, has to whether you, whether you like it or not at some point those people that you are partying with are gonna settle down get married have responsibilities need to make sacrifice start saving money and I always say to our clients that are deep in it where will you be because I guarantee you the minute that something in your friend's life becomes more important, like sacrificing drinking on the weekend to save money for a house or um, spending more time with your partner, you're gone. Mm. doesn't matter how good a friend you are, mm. you're pushed to the side, yeah. right? Because partying and drinking is no longer a priority. Yeah. And then I want you to look at your life and where does that leave you? Do you have savings? That's it. Are you in a relationship that you're happy with, right? Have you got goals that you've been working towards? Yeah. Because once everyone's gone, yeah, you're gonna look at your life and go, "Fuck, and, and, and I've wasted it." And, and, and you're on your own. And that's it. Like you know, we made vows to be with each other for life. Now, like that's it. We've committed to it. She's committed to me that she's gonna build a life for me, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. and and my that's it. Like if you're going out and drinking with people, they don't care about your bank balance no that where where she does yeah and it affects her and that's it like i'm i'm full i'm, I'm 100 in now like that's it when i when i do something i go 100 percent in yeah and you know with my training i got 100 in like it's it's i mm. had mates right that were single and were still in the party scene and their mates that were married and whatnot they would call that person when they needed a night out they wouldn't call them any other time mm. Right, wouldn't be come over, come over, hanging out with our kids or, or whatever. But the minute they had a night off from their missus or a night off from the kids or whatever, they'd be the first person they'd call. Yeah, that is not the person that you mm. want to be. They're not the friendships that you want to have. Mm. But because the, these people had gotten so off track and so in, deep into it and into that rabbit hole that they were still down at Como Pub every afternoon and mm. um, blowing their money in the pokies and everything like that, that was their life. Um, they had no real friendships anymore. Yeah. And it's sad. But it's like, if you don't get me wrong, like, my mate's saying it right now, like, I, I still speak to them. I, like... Like my mate Tristan who comes in and trains like he's single and he lives at Double Bay and he still goes out a fair bit but like I don't just call him for a night out I, we speak no, that's what I mean. we, we yeah. almost speak daily yeah like I've, and then the friendship you want yeah yes. and yeah. like yeah like it's it's different to like just having that party friend like you know they're my best mates and I speak to them daily yeah. or at least two to three times a week is it hard to say no to him? <laughs> sometimes it is yeah 100% because like I've the party gremlin's still there 
Like <laughs> the party gremlin. <laughs> it's still there and it still wants Featuring to this little Matt Bosnick. <laughs> it's, <below> the, it's, <laughs> it still wants to creep out and and it's hard, like it's you know, people people call you and like, Oh, come to the pub for one beer and I'm like No, like I've now I work two jobs, like I'm I'm at work at six thirty in the morning and I'm here and I finish at four and I come here, I try and train and then, you know, I coach class and I'm not out of here until seven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's hard. But to to be where I want to be, I got to do it. And, and you enjoy it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I enjoy being here. I love being here. Yeah. You know, it's this is this is my life. And I even said to my mates that I was some people that like, oh, you don't you don't want to come hang out with us and have a beer anymore. Like, why don't you come hang out with me at the gym? Oh, <laughs> use that all the time. <laughs> but it's, but the same. Pub. Come do some thrusters with me. Meet me oh, at the bar. Yeah. Meet me at the bar. But at the same time, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not them today. I'm just going to quietly put that out there. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I'm not here to write off, write off my friends that, you know, still, like, enjoy a drink. But, like, it's one of those things, like, that if if you go to the pub and you have a beer to get for stress release after your work, that's fine. That's your thing. My thing is, if I have a stressful day, I come in here and I put in 100% of a recession. Yeah. And that takes the stress away from me. And I go home and I'm chill. Yeah. Like, I'm relaxed. I'm hammered because it's I'm out. I leave home and I'm get back. You know, twelve hour day yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually hammered, but that's this is my stress relief, and and people if people don't get that then that's fine. Well, you've got to experience it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, Tristan, very very successful uh, business person, and you can see that. I don't know him that well, but he's very driven. He does like to drink, right? And that that's his thing on the weekend. He really enjoys it. But he gets up and he works his ass off. Yeah, like, but he hadn't experienced the gym. And he's been coming, and he absolutely loves he it. He loves it. And he says how good he feels. Yeah. So sometimes it's just a matter of, okay, we haven't actually put an effort into to trying other avenues to mm. see things that we... And just having that open mind. Open mind, yeah. Yeah. Jono, he's successful on his, uh, yeah, he's, on his bike. Yeah. He's, he's bought a property. Yeah. He's got all those things, so... Like, my, yeah, and that's the thing, like, my mates now, they're, they're starting to do that thing as well. And, like, yeah. and you've got to realise, like, if, if you want to... If you want to get somewhere, you need to sacrifice things, and and that leads into like, you know, now with my my goals here, like now that I've started to become a coach and I'm taking on classes, like <laughs> I, I saw I saw someone saying once on Instagram, and I kind of I'm, I live by it now that now you've got me here coaching. If your coach doesn't look like how you want to look, why are they coaching you? Hmm. And that's that's stuck with me now. Yeah, like. If if they're ever if if you're a coach that doesn't have the body that you want or can't do the movements that you want to do, why are you there? Yeah, and practicing what you're preaching and that's it. And if if I'm here telling people, oh, you know, you yeah, you got to make do sure this, you do this, this do and this, then you're that. still going out and I, and I don't do it, yeah. then what is that? That's why yeah. why do people listen to me? Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's the thing. Like this year, I think I've I've picked my like yeah, I still I still go out and drink like yeah. Christmas party. We all got lit. But um, <laughs> fuck yeah! Yeah, we did. <laughs> I heard there was some Reason sick DJs days. playing. Actually, yeah. <laughs> that was the loosest one we've had in a while. Actually, <laughs> did, did you do a good job DJing? I can't fucking remember. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the players and I played some weird ass songs. <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> Instagram stories had a different. Days. We definitely had a good one. Yeah. But like, yeah, like yeah, like I still, I still, I still go out and I still like to go out. But this year, like I've. Since becoming a coach, and was it April? Yeah, I got that message. Oh, I need some help. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, 
Yeah, since since like this year, I think I've probably only drank like maybe fifteen or sixteen times this year. Mm-hmm. Like I've really tried to. Okay, I have this event on. That's what that I'm gearing up to drink that weekend. Yeah. And wedding that's, or wedding yeah. or if, yeah, I'm getting that point in my life where it's just weddings, 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 and weddings. Yeah, be wedding and, the head and, soon. And that's the thing, like. I'm not trying to point to myself and say, you know, I'm a hero or anything, but like, if you do it right, you still can get your goals you want. Like, I remember over that month and a half period, I had my engagement, my bucks, my wedding, and and my honeymoon, and I still lost body fat percentage. Mm. You can still get your goals, and you can yeah, still you can live still, a lifestyle. Yeah, a, that's a it. Like, lifestyle. yeah, like, you don't have to completely sacrifice absolutely everything yeah. to get your goals. Like, mm-hmm. I think my last scan, I dropped another a bit more body fat, mm-hmm. and I've had two weddings. A bucks party and we had bay games like yeah. I couldn't compete yeah. unfortunately um, but yeah we, like, we had thing. I had so much I was away almost every weekend mm-hmm. for like two months straight but I still hit the goals that I wanted it's about because, controlling as many variables as you can that's it and it's, and it's not like you don't have to completely drop everything mm. you just got to plan yeah, like, I think it's know? important to note. It's not like you've come from one end and now you're just living this perfect. Yeah, lifestyle. that's it. Like I'm, <laughs> no point in the. I'm not eating perfect lifestyle. I, every yeah. Sunday I go out and have myself a burger because that's what I want to do. Yeah, you know. And yeah. tonight and I'm at the cafe cafe with him, and he had a bacon and egg roll and a chocolate brownie. Mm. Yeah, like and mm. you know. The, and you found that balance within yourself. That's it because my what people don't see is my Monday to Friday. Exactly, and that's right. yeah. regimented. Yeah. Because, like, this week, I've really tried to stick to my... Well, it's been hard at the moment because we get so many Christmas hampers at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, I've got my Christmas party tonight and for, for my other job. I'm like, but because I'm going to drink this tonight, I need to make sure I do my intermittent fasting and I hit my, my days and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not... You trained hard this morning. I've trained hard this morning and, you know, I was actually going to come in an hour earlier, but then I forgot I needed to get a Christmas outfit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you did look good. Thank you. I, I look good in that crop top. <laughs> um... But yeah, like it's, you don't have to completely drop everything. It's, it's about, and that's, that's what I want to get across with this, with this podcast. Like if I can, I just, I just made small regimented changes to get to where I am now. And I still want to get further than what I am now and still want to go further with this. But it's, you know, instead of drinking three nights a week, I drank two nights a week mm-hmm. and then I cut it down to one night a week and then I cut it down to once every two weeks yeah. and then I cut it, like I just you just slowly chip away at it because if you completely change everything and just do stop everything you're yeah. not going to stick to it yeah. and same with my eating like you know I started just having a bit bit of more of a healthier lunch and then I had a bit more of a healthier breakfast and then yeah. my dinner's got a bit healthier like mm-hmm. oh, and that was oh, this has been over like a five year period now I think I've been coming in five years yeah yeah, five years. And and it's yeah, just, I think that's important to note too, actually. That, that's a it takes time. time frame that it takes have. time. Like you, those people that go out there and drop, you know, 10 kilos and 15% body fat in an eight-week challenge. Yeah. yeah. Where are they now? Yeah. What are they doing? Well, like, it, it comes back to what we were speaking about before with your future goals about being a better coach, a better CrossFit athlete, and the best husband, son, and friend you can be. And that's not something that has an end date on it no Mm. that's not I'm going to achieve this in six months that's you continuously striving to be the best person you can be for the rest of your life that's it and that's what you've done over the past five years and that's what I'm going to continue to do like I I don't see an end an end to me coming here yeah like Mm. you know like I've I've said to my wife like she obviously pushing to have kids and stuff now but I said look can I just have one year of living in our place and I want to have a good hot crack at being a CrossFit athlete this year Give me one more year and then we'll start. Like, please, just give me one more year. Yeah. You know, like, I've, I've got an opportunity. Unfortunately, I 
keep injuring myself. <laughs> this broken finger's almost done. I snatched all night and I was pretty happy about that. Um, but yeah, it's just give me, you know, let me have a red hot crack at this and then I'm all in for the next the next chapter of our life. But I can't see him this slowing down at all. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's just about finding that next balance. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Katrina's a prime example. Sarah Mitford's, uh, Misford's a prime example. Um, you can be a parent, you can be a partner, you can work a, a full-time job or run your own business and still make time for the gym. You've just got to adapt to what yeah, you're given. That's and it. You, and you, but it's just through trial and error that you learn how to adapt and you learn what works for you. Yeah, um, like I've, I've tried so serious. many different lunches, I've tried so many different meals like to try and drop body fat. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I found worked for me was starting to do intermittent fasting yeah. because I, I have an issue. I've got terrible self-control, which is obvious with my past, that you know, once I start snacking at work, my work gets like little snacks in and food and stuff. Once I start snacking, I don't stop. Yeah, and yeah. I can't stop. So the fact that I don't eat until eleven thirty ish, twelve ish a day, yeah, it's it's really that. helped and it controls yeah. that self control. Yeah. And because I've got the worst rubber arm in the world. <laughs> <laughs> hey Matt, let's go do heavy deadlifts. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey Matt, let's do this workout. Yeah, of course my I can. Finger, do that. My finger will be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been three weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. The boy was classy all night doing one RM snatching. I was like. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely gonna snatch. <laughs> I'm going one RM. <laughs> Got two fingers and a lifting lifting strap on one hand. <laughs> Modify it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the worst rubber arm in the world, but you yeah. you just got to find what works for you, and mm. that's what I'm trying to do now. Just find that balance. Yeah. And yeah, like I've had things this year with I've gone, I've still gone out, but I just sat there and didn't drink. And you get the oh, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you? Because like, you know. I've, I've got a comp coming up. I've got this. And that's, and that's what I'm going to say to people. Like, give yourself stuff to aim towards. Like, do a CrossFit comp. Book yourself in for one. Because that gives you a goal to achieve something that you're going to get to. If, you, if you're just training aimlessly, which is what I kind of did for the first two years before, you said, hey, Matt, we need someone for a CrossFit comp. We need to learn to snatch and clean in three weeks. <laughs> Perfect, thanks. Yeah. Um, you're just training for the sake of training. and Well, like, I think with a CrossFit comp as well, it gives you an experience. That's it. So it's not just jumping on the scales and seeing some weight shift. You actually get mm-hmm. to spend some time um, out in the sun with a couple of your mates and you've, you've got a day to remember. That's it. For the rest of your life. And that's it. And that's, and that's why I, I like this style of training so much is because it's not just me with my headphones looking at him, if, even though I'm doing this at the moment, me by myself yeah. doing bicep curls. Yeah. But, um, in my car window. Yeah. <laughs> Can you re- like reverse so you get the door? <laughs> um, it, it gives you like a sense of, like it's a group thing and like it's a bit of competition. Like I'm trying to beat that person. Yeah. You know, and it gives you a reason to train and like I want to hit my lifting goals. I want to be able to do 10 unbroken muscle ups. I want to do, you know, and then yeah. you get the comps come around and it gives you, it gives you a reason to be here every day. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like it's, that's what my goals are. I like to, yeah. I want to do better myself yeah. and be here every day. And that's the reason why I want to do this podcast is if you see me out on the floor and I'm, I'm here, like I'm here six days a week and if you're trying to make a change and do something and make a change in your life, come speak to me. Yeah. Mm. I, I've been through it. Yeah. And so has Dave and Luke's bloody 18 and just fresh. And yeah. <laughs> I went through puberty. <laughs> Bloody good looking guys get everything in life, don't they? Hey, but look, looking back, I would have loved to have started at Luke's age. And, um, 100%. So, yeah, so would I. You know, I don't, you know, what, 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 what we've been through, what we've experienced doesn't make us um, a better coach. Yeah, and that's what I said. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't regret any, I, like I, people. I don't regret everything. I regret yeah. some things, but, you know, it's, it's helped me 
shape who I am now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. what we take from it. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, that's just made me think about a quote I sent to um, one of my clients last night, um, talking about playing the long game and whatnot, by uh, our boy Matt Fraser. <sighs> Progress, not perfection. I don't care if you're running towards your goal or crawling on your fucking knees. Just stay pointed in that direction, keep chugging, and you'll get there. Mm. Um, and it's so true. Like everyone thinks that if they haven't been perfect on the weekend or if they've gone and had a couple of drinks that screw it, you know, I'm going to kill the whole weekend now mm. because, you know, I haven't been perfect. Um, it's not about that at all. It's no. just about small, sustainable changes, doing the best you can, planning ahead. Um, and, you know. And, and this thing, like when I have a big night now, I feel guilty and I feel like I've let everyone down and that's yeah. why I'm trying not to do it as much anymore. Like, yeah. I, I come in on Monday, I'm like, oh, I feel bloated, I feel fat. Like, yeah. you know. I've, but mm. leading back to what you said as well before about your friends going, oh, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you drinking? Hey, I'm fucking here and I'm having a good time. Mm. Yeah, so what's I'm it matter here. if I'm I don't have a drink in my and, hand? And, and that's, fuck, it's yeah. Australia. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's a culture, yeah. If, yeah. if you tell people you don't drink in Australia, they give you that look like you've walked in their house and got their dog and booted it over mm. the fence. <laughs> <laughs> like, not like, having a beer? You, you're not doing what? Yeah. And and that's the thing, like, it's that's Australia and that's the life we live in. And, and you're the minority, but I think we're it with pride. That's yeah. it. Definitely. That's it. And uh, You know, Tim was talking about his dad. You know, all he wanted to do was be different. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I think um, where everyone's so ashamed of being different, that they hide um, behind someone they're not and yeah, put this and facade up. Be you. Be like, you. Like, this is your life. Yeah. Live it how you want to live it and do what you want to do. And, you know, it's up to you where you want to go with it. But yeah. let's just do the best you can. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do now. Just be the best person I can. Well, mate, that was absolutely incredible. Um, again, learn, you know, I remember when you first walked in the gym, we started rehabbing you and then all of a sudden you're, posting a uh, video of you doing a backflip on your skis and then there's some <laughs> sick photos of you out catching waves and I'm like, wow, I didn't realise it. He's a psycho. Yeah, he's a psycho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got balls. That's what, we're getting, um, that's what we're getting at. But at the end of the day, I didn't realise those things and I've learned a lot more about you again today. So I really appreciate you being open and honest and sharing this uh, with our listeners. I said to someone the other day, you know, me and Luke are doing these podcasts. We don't care how many people we listen to, uh, who listen to them. We're just uh, super excited to get the feedback that we have and we're, we're impacting a couple of people's and that, lives. And that's what I said. And like, that's what you wanted if, to be. If one person today. listens to this and they go, yeah. oh, I'm going to just quickly... I think a lot of people are going to be able to resonate with this, mate. And they're going yeah. to take a lot of, away from it. And um, you're going to get a lot of people on the gym floor going, hey, I didn't realize that about you. And... Uh, yeah. congratulations and yeah. and can you help me with xyz so yeah I yep. think the more of these conversations we can have um everyone's going through a di- my bad. everyone's going through a different um journey at the moment um so one person might relate with you one person might relate to a podcast with, yeah with another runner or you know what i mean it's yeah. totally different um but i think at the very least these type of podcasts even for you it, it gives you a chance to actually reflect like we kind of we kind of build it out 100%. in that kind of timeline gives you a yeah. chance to reflect and you know what was the turning point where are you at now um so i think that was extremely genuine um and we appreciate you coming on yeah Norris. and amanda we're super grateful that you're giving matt one more year to have a cro- <laughs> crossfit thing so you're the best 2020 let's see where matt gets to no worries thanks, thanks guys. buddy appreciate thanks, it mate.